0: Bad snap. Bobble. Oh, Scooped oh. up.
1: Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. Touchdown. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world.
2: Happy hangover, East Lansing. Sunday morning, and White Report. Trent Valley, Ryan Collins here with you. And of course, behind the virtual glass, Henry Menejos, How are we doing today?
1: Never better. Never better. I'm in a good mood. It was a great week. Uh, it's going to be an even better weekend ahead. We're recording this on a Saturday morning, so we've plenty of weekend left for the boys. Still
2: virtual. Still yeah, virtual.
1: Still virtual. Uh, good vibes, though. Life is good right now, I'll tell you. Hank, how are you?
0: Doing good. I'm not quite as uh, I'm not really matching your energy about, you know. Just a. By the way, I, I want to paint the picture. Paint, Hank is just in a dark room recording <laughs> this right now. Can you please turn on a light for me or something? Why, dude? I, I don't know. I'm not liking the the bright lights right now. Hank's in know. a
1: dungeon. Hank's yeah, in a I'm dungeon I'm on this Saturday right
0: Are you having a tough morning? Is that what's happening? It, it was a uh, it was a little late start, but we're good to go. Okay. <laughs> okay. <It laughs> makes more morning, sense now.
2: Right? We're rolling. Okay, makes a little bit more sense now. I Trent, I'm surprised you said all good vibes. Kenny Galladay out tomorrow as the Lions take on the hey, Packers and the Lions' heartbreaking loss last weekend. Are you over that? Are you finally
1: over it? I am over it. I am over it. I'm looking forward to Sunday, today's matchup against the Green Bay Packers. I oh. I, I am positive. I am positive. I'm optimistic. I think it has upset written all over it. We'll yeah, we'll talk. We we'll, we'll, don't, don't
2: spoil your pick yet, but. My, I won't. I think I'm everyone just... knows what you're gonna pitch, but I want to talk lot... about it a little bit later <laughs> in the show. A lot we got a lot to talk... Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about today. Gotta to talk about some big ten football coming back, talked about the NBA, talked about the NFL. It's a big day in Drena White Report Land, if you want if you say so, because we finally have some Michigan State Sports to talk about. It's awesome.
1: Yep, big day, exciting day. Uh let's let's just go into it then.
2: I know, let's get into it. What made you mad this week, Trent?
1: What made me mad, and I won't elaborate too much because this is actually a topic later in the show somewhat. We're gonna at least touch on it. Was people still defending Kawhi Leonard after that ridiculous oh my God. collapse? People are still writing riding Kawhi right now. Do you see on NBA Twitter the 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 people clapping back at the slander after he did blow a 3-1 lead to a oh. Nuggets team, that's clearly, like, a lot worse than the Clippers are. I just don't think there's any more comparison with, you know, LeBron, Kevin Durant, even Steph would have gotten ripped if he performed that way. It just bothers me. It bothers me.
2: I mean, you can't, you can't rip them this year. You just can't. It's just how the world works. Uh, You can rip them, like, eventually. just like oh, you and Paul George had, like, zero points in the fourth quarter. You just can't rip them because last year he literally put a team on his back and won the NBA Finals.
1: Okay, and that same team went to a game seven. That same team got just as far as he did without him.
2: What are you talking about? They won the finals. No, no, I'm <laughs> saying, not...
1: no, no, this year. This year, that team No, they lost. didn't. They the didn't Raptors... go as
2: far without them. They didn't win the finals. What
1: are you saying? No, no, no. What I'm saying is the Raptors went to a game seven in the second round and lost. And Kawhi went to a game seven in the second round. And oh,
2: lost. okay. I get what you're saying like, now. The but... team
1: went just as far as he did this year. Without, I don't
2: know. I don't know what the Clippers were doing. Completely blew five and game five and six. And then game seven, they just had outplayed. Oh and well, – I-
1: yeah, and to go along with what made me mad, I guess, is people changing the narrative now to LeBron is going to cakewalk to his fourth ring. Obviously, the Lakers picking up a game one win Friday night. Game two later today, uh, you know, after some NFL action. But the narrative has now switched. This? Can
2: we talk about this? The NBA scheduling a basketball game at 1 o'clock on the first NFL Sunday of the year.
1: Yeah, that was, that was that, wild. You know,
2: know what? That made me mad. That made me mad. That infuriated me. Whoever's running the show there at the NBA should have been fired after that. That was uh, like I'm not kidding. I don't call for people's jobs. That is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. I didn't yeah. even know there was a basketball game. I didn't know It was like a two thirty. Uh, it was two thirty. You'd say like halftime in the NFL games. I'm checking like my ESPN app, and I'm like, what? The Nuggets are down fifteen. What? what? They're playing right now? Did they want people to know they were playing this game? I think I. I I think they were just like, I don't want the – like the NBA said, we don't want any of the national public to know that we have a game today. Let's sweep it under the rug.
1: Well, I think – you know I, who knows why they did that. It literally makes no sense. Like you said, I had no idea they were playing until, yeah, all of a sudden I found out that Nuggets won. And then all, I'm like, oh, we got a game seven. And it's just kind of like weird because it's still the third quarter of the Lions game, and I'm very tense. So, that was whack. But, it, it, again, they, what time do the Lakers play Sunday? I have no idea, but it's probably at 1 o'clock.
2: Right, who, who probably. knows? I mean, who knows? But what made you mad this week, Hank?
0: Uh, what made me mad is, like you said, it was the first NFL Sunday, and I turned on – I don't know why. We got like Xfinity cable or whatever, I guess. And there's one game on. There's really? only one game. I couldn't watch the Vikings.
2: You didn't watch – you didn't watch Kirk Cousins and the boys get stomped on last I, week?
0: Well, no, I didn't, but <laughs> – yeah, one game. So you know, I was stuck watching the Lions blow another fourth quarter lead. Well, that's which was just not depressing nice. Depressing even to me. It, it
2: was very depressing, but I mean, at least you didn't watch Rogers just go up and down the field.
0: Listen, that defense. I'm telling you, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins got to put up a forty piece every game to win. Okay,
1: oh well, that's goodness. that's good to
2: know. That's good insight to know for uh, when. when the you think Roy- you think the Vikings team is that bad? They just it's got Nagaku. What? They have all these pieces on the defensive side of the ball. What do you mean they're that bad? Dude, the
0: the secondary is like just destroyed from last year. You got the, you got Harrison Smith just leading like I don't even know who. It's like it's that meme when the freshman are standing in the middle of the empty living room. That's Harrison Smith right now.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, okay. listen, Hank, you're a Vikings guy, so I'll take your word for it. I guess from the outside looking in, I always thought the Vikings defense was kind of the real deal, which was why it was a little shocking last week. But you well, know, they, Zimmer- they have
0: been. The, the last three, four years, they have been a pretty good defense.
1: Okay, and- well, you still got your boy Zimmer, defensive-minded coach, you know.
0: Well, you better just start making some moves right now or training these guys up or something. I don't even know. Okay. Right now we're they depending on – didn't even on- watch the game, Hank. So
2: I, I, maybe they weren't as bad as it looked. It was. (laughs) If you guys didn't hear that in the background, my roommates are listening and watching to the Premier League, and they're getting fired up over soccer. So I'm not judging them, but I am judging them. Just want to let the listeners know that I don't like soccer. Just had to put that out there. I know that's a bad take, but I had to do it.
1: I actually – I don't get into soccer literally at all, not even a little bit, unless it's the World Cup and the U.S. makes it. If the U.S. isn't in it, I don't pay attention. Like last, yeah, me either. the last World Cup. They didn't pay any attention.
2: It's not kind of like college football. I, I I, mean, I've been paying attention, but it's not the same unless my team's playing. And guess what? They're playing now. Big Ten bath. Let's go.
1: Huge news. Huge news for not only for college students just to get, you know, something else going on campus and have, you know, a little bit of normalcy, but also nationally as the Big Ten will now be playing football this fall, you know, as huge. they all along. but. Hats off to the Big Ten for having the balls to, like, actually, you know, correct their mistake and go for it. It's not even, like,
2: they just – they try to be smarter than everyone in the room. And I – and they – it was just too early to cancel the season. It just really was. And, I I mean, who knows if we get to the starting date, October 23rd, October 24th, even, because there's a couple big outbreaks on these campuses, including ours. Like, like Maryland's has it pretty bad. Minnesota's going through it right now. So you never know if we're even going to play. So, but keep that in mind. You still need to try to, especially if all the other power five conferences are going to. And I know the Pat 12 right now is not playing because the ruling and the, like they physically and legally can't practice in the state of California and Oregon. So they can't do it. But unless you have, unless you have legal restrictions, you should be trying to do this because they have the resources and money to try and at least get this done.
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot of extra strings that need to be pulled too. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at kind of the regulations and how they're- Yeah, so I was just yeah. gonna get into that. Yeah, you go for it. Uh, Big 10, I, I think
2: their biggest justification is improvement in their health protocols, everyday testing. And the way that they're talking about it is that the everyday testing- basically eliminates contract tracing because it's like right to the minute testing and you know, you have it and you need to quarantine. If you have it, if you, they were talking like that, I, I don't know how to explain that even better. If someone does get the coronavirus, you're under a 21 day quarantine. So you're missing basically half the season. If you, if you get coronavirus, so it's a big, 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 like, Not like positive reinforcement to be like safe because you're you're not you're not going to play half your season if you come down with the virus. Eight games in nine weeks. I think that's the biggest question health wise from everyone in the league if they're going to be able to do this. Because like Bill Beekman said this week, there's probably going to be an outbreak. There's probably going to be games canceled. So for the big Ten to have eight games in nine weeks kind of seems asinine, but it is what it is. But I I, Trent, I wanted to get your thoughts like nine games and they're doing a the little thing where they're not having like a bowl game for the bid. I don't know how to explain it, but when the big Ten championship happens, they're doing a little East West crossover. So whoever's in the same position in the East and West standings will play each other unless they played each other previously in the season. So I thought that was a really cool idea. Uh, and, and creative by the Big Ten to give these guys a ninth game, possibly. But I, I want to get your thoughts. Eight games, it's still, it still matters. It still has juice to me. Does it have juice for you?
1: Absolutely. I mean, especially given the, the context of everything that's happened up to this point. I mean, we wanted football. We didn't get it. Now we're getting it. And like you said, we still might not. But you at least can get your hopes up. And there definitely is juice. Are you kidding? Like, in, in you know, even in two weeks – you know, we're still about a month out. So in about you know, two, three weeks, when we really start to get rolling here, you really start to realize like, what the depth chart's going to look like and all that kind of stuff. And, and Mel Tucker picks up his first win against Rutgers at home. You know, that's when it's really going to start flowing. It's going to hit us. It's going to be weird because there, there's not going to be fans and whatnot. But it's like Big Ten football's here. It's back. Like you said, I like the eight game thing because it definitely, to me, that just shows that they're actually trying to play meaningful football not just roll the balls out and, and, and please the fans for four weeks or something like that. Like, they're actually trying to put together somewhat of a respectable season. And I do like the idea of the ninth game just because that, that is unique and creative to the – specific to what's happened this season.
2: Gives and, me something to watch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's just it's – just, like you said, it's one more game that you get to play. It's one step closer to a normal 2020, if, if you can even call it that. But, yes, I, I commend the Big Ten for getting this done. Because it's awesome. And,
2: I, like, I, I'm so excited for this. And I know the start date is almost a month away. But, like, I, this is something I needed. And I, I'm i selfish. I like sports. Like, I, I miss me with that politics stuff. Like, this has nothing to do with politics for me. I'm just so happy that the Big Ten was able to figure it out. And, and th- first of all, they fumbled this the whole time. They did, uh, Kevin Warren, not off to a hot start as the commissioner of the Bit Ten, I'll tell you that. Agreed. Just just not, not good. And I I don't know how they could have handled this better because we've never gone through a pandemic. But it's just, like, everyone's talked about it, and I don't want to go on about it even more. Just the lack of transparency and the lack of just, like, understanding – who you're dealing with and, like, what – how quickly and how fluid the situation is, which is so dumb. They should, they never should have released that first schedule. Uh, like, who, there were so many – like, whoever's working in the PR department not having a good time either. Like, anything the Big Ten's done in this 43-day stretch between them canceling football and reinstating it has basically been an error, except them reinstating football. With better protocols that is only the only one thing they've done well other than that everything's been a dumpster fire complete dissension from the like a lot of your schools in your conference which is something you do not want in a like major power five conference
1: well it's like you said they just try to be the smartest people in the room and get ahead of the curve and try to start this trend the problem is there were already ideas for, for protocols and a way to make this work somewhat. Obviously, you can't do like a bubble situation when you got hundreds of college programs. But it's they, the Big Ten basically made this call not only right after releasing their schedule, which was even more asinine, but way too early. It, it just like, they just didn't even entertain the thought of possibly getting a season in. And, and obviously, I know the schools voted and it was an overwhelming favorite. Like, we're not going to play. I think, was it Nebraska and Ohio State who voted yes? And Iowa. And Iowa. Okay, so it's whatever. Like, I understand that the schools didn't really want to play at that point, but it was just too early to make that call because here we are now, obviously not starting in August, starting in October, two months late, but it's okay because you have a plan in place. And I just think and originally the Big Ten didn't look any any like further past August and they were just kind of like, yeah, it's not going to work and just gave up like that. And
2: for everyone, I mean, this, like, Nebraska can shut up. I, I was so sick of hearing them talk. Like, you stink at football. You're you're not important to the conference anymore. I'm sorry. I Like, I hate the whole thing to say, we're Nebraska. Like, Tom Osborne's not there anymore, guys. Let's relax. You're not yeah. good. Like, I'm program. playing good football in Lincoln right now.
1: Agree. They haven't seen like, Tom Kinsu.
2: Yeah, Nadal Kansu against Holt McCoy, one of the best tackles of all time. Just <laughs> one arm just absolutely crushes him. But before we move on to some other stuff, let's take a look at Michigan State schedule. Early thoughts. I mean, it just came out about like 10 minutes ago. Start off the year 24th, Rutgers at home. Then the next week, they travel at Michigan, which was supposed to be a home game this year. But I don't know why they flipped it. It has something to do with the coronavirus, but – Next year, Michigan State will host a home game against Michigan. They've kind of just flipped the schedule a little bit. But second week at Michigan, third week at Iowa, fourth week at home against Indiana, fifth week at Maryland, sixth week home against Northwestern. And then I think – I believe – ooh, and then December 5th, Ohio State, yikes, at home. December 12th, last name of the year, land grant trophy, back where it belongs at Penn State. So you look at that schedule, initial thoughts – not terrible. If you're a Michigan State fan and Mel Tucker's first year, this is way more manageable than you thought coming into the season.
1: Oh, I think so too. And it's like, at least going to be a good confidence booster. I think it kind of in a way you could look at this season as like a cheat code for Mel Tucker, because he's not going to be judged that much on how well he performs, but it's still going to give him a chance to like get rolling with his new team and his recruits. And, to me, that matters. Like, you're building camaraderie and you kind of get, like, this bonus year that you're not going to be judged exactly the same as if we were to start August with fans and everything were to be exactly normal.
2: Yeah. I, I, I don't. There's, like, we had a little talk about this on SRZ this week. I mean, I, I don't even know how to just, like, I don't know what the expectations for Mel Tucker because I don't think there are any. Like, he has no expectations this year. I would agree.
1: I would absolutely agree, given the way D'Antonio kind of left the program out to dry, you know, and and, and Mel Tucker coming in here and having to basically start from scratch. Like, that's just never really happened to this program before.
2: Yeah, I mean, he came in in February, no sprint football. The coronavirus hits, barely knows any of his personnel. Like, I don't know how you have any expectations for him, but you look at the schedule and you can – Easily, just based on the roster and previous information, see this team at least four and four. There's four yeah. wins on the schedule.
1: Yep, I would agree. I would say five, but that's me being optimistic about everything. But what I mean, we'll we'll do like a full season preview when we get a little closer. Yes, if we could have the SRZ guys on if we're maybe back in the studio. Then who knows? It's a month from now, but we'll uh, yeah. I mean, be we're fun. just
2: excited that we're gonna be able to talk about college football and Big yes. Ten football on Sunday yes. mornings. Hopefully in the studio soon, but we're not going to be like I don't know why we keep saying hopefully. Like, it's just it's, uh, it's like, out of our
1: hands. It's, it's our out hands. of everyone's hands. Yeah, I mean,
2: we get unless this virus is contained, we're going to be doing this on Zoom, which is fine. I mean, I don't know, who cares?
1: But we but, can dream. We can dream. I mean, yeah, we, we're
2: is- we're, we're, be, we're a positive podcast. We slash are. radio we are. show. Positive so vibes. Yeah, positive vibes only. So we're trying. we you got to speak things into existence, even though if, maybe they're not happening.
1: We're at least holding out to record on a different day than Saturday mornings because we're going to – Yes, yes. That is, that is key.
2: Yes. Because it, it would be nice to get the Sunday morning window, have everything in front of you, get to see some things. Hopefully, we're praying for that. but Yes. It is, it is what it is right now. Let's talk NBA. We already kind of talked about this earlier. Just shocking, literally shocking, the Nuggets coming back from 3-1, two series in a row. And, and especially having the Clippers who on paper looked like the most complete team in the NBA, which but they clearly weren't because they honestly didn't show yes. up. At a, they, I mean, they never really put it together all year in, in the bubble and outside the bubble. So That's
1: absolutely true. I think Paul George and Kawhi played 37 games together in the regular season or something like that. But to that point you made, Collins, about them seeming like on paper the most complete team in the league and that just not being true. I completely agree with you, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I told my friends like oh, my buddies all year I don't really know and especially when the clippers started to add guys like marcus Morris Reggie jackson it's like I don't really know if this team is complete because they're going to say like oh they're they're full of dogs they're full of they're just deep and it's like are they actually deep or are these just guys that you you've heard of like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you look at the Nuggets and kind of their depth, and, yeah, it's it's guys like Monte Morris and, and uh, Torrey Craig and Jeremy Grant and, like, I guess guys who are lower on the totem pole of household names in this league, but it's still, like, they're just producing better. They play together as a team cohesively. Mike Malone was coaching that team better than Doc Rivers was coaching the Clippers. All that stuff matters, and when there's no home court advantage, it's, like, the better team always wins a seven-game series unless there are injuries. And I just think at this point, it's unfair to the Nuggets, even after they got trounced the other night by the Lakers, it's unfair to the Nuggets to sit here and, and, and talk about, you know, all the stories have been about how the Clippers blew it, as they should, because that they were title favorites coming into the bubble. But it, to me, it's just a little disrespectful because the Nuggets were just a better team. They outplayed yeah. them, and they deserve the spot they have in the Western Conference Finals. Well, Jokic was nasty,
2: just yeah. flat-out nasty. And, and people want to talk about Murray, but I think Jokic's performance is being like swept under the rug, how good For he sure. was in that series, especially in that comeback. Like, it's me and my roommates were talking about it. It has to be infuriating guarding Jokic because you know he does not have the physical tools that most people on the floor does. But he's just so smart. He's such a good passer. And if you ever bring a double team to Jokic, he will always make the right decision almost every single time, yep. which is something special out of the guy of his size and his offensive ability already. So I mean, I, I you have to love the Nuggets going forward. I don't know how they fare in this Lakers series. I still don't think the Lakers have anyone who can guard Jabal Murray, which will make who could which could make this series interesting. But at the same time I don't they also have good matchups for Jokic. You can throw JaVale, you can throw A.D., you can throw Dwight. Dwight Howard had a really good game, yeah. one last night. He caused a lot of chaos. And who do the Nuggets have to guard LeBron James? Torrey, Craig. Yeah. Uh, Gary, and that's yeah. not going to work out. Uh, like they, they got, uh, Gary Harris tried guarding him a couple nights ago. He just bully-balled Gary Harris. Like, they, they don't have anyone to guard LeBron, which is a much bigger issue than the Lakers not having anyone to guard Jamal Murray. So, oh, for I sure. – I, uh, the NBA has been crazy, like no doubt. I mean, uh, this isn't even in a dot, but I-, I wanted to talk about the Heat Celtics series. Celtics just completely blowing two straight games to start off the series. Is I I, I don't know if the series is over, but I-, I I don't know how you lose two what like up eight in the fourth quarter lead and up seventeen in the third quarter lead. Back to back games. It- it- that if you're a Boston fan, you you're probably thinking five games now because it, the Heat honestly did not look like the better team in any of those games. They just willed themselves back.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and the, I, I guess I have a I have a question for you, Collins, as, as a Detroit fan. What is – what do you think of the comparisons of the Heat to the 2004 Pistons? I hate it. I hate I, it so much. Know. It infuriates me.
2: It infuriates I, first, me. Uh, first of all, I, you can't compare anyone to anyone's championship team – in the bubble, you just can't do it. None of these teams are playing road games—they're just not. Yeah, like that's like a big part of like winning a championship is going on the road and winning a game. Like I'm not gonna discredit this title, whoever wins it, but don't try and compare it to other teams. Like uh, I, I, unless the Lakers win it, I find win it. I find it hard to believe making the Heat. Like if the Heat win the NBA Finals, me justifying this as like, oh, that was a like uh, if everything was the same, they would win it. Like, I I just – I don't believe that, honestly. But I just – the thing about the Heat is I get what people are saying because they, like, they don't have, like, a superstar, like, guy, top ten player on their team. Jimmy Butler's probably just outside of that. But, I mean, they got dudes everywhere. Like, I think the one thing the Pistons – Pistons might have been a lot less talented, but they also were just uh, the best defensive team in the last, like, 20 years.
1: Yeah. So, Maybe like, ever. I mean, Maybe ever. Seriously.
2: They, they, I mean, they're – the defense by, like, Rashid and Ben, like, Ben turning someone to help side and then Rasheed just blocking you. Like, they had the best interior defense. I mean, Tayshaun, you throw against their best win score. The thing that I think is different about the Heat, they have a little bit more offensive capabilities than the Pistons. I, I just think they have more dudes. You know, I, I don't know how to s- explain it. They're not a similar team in my, my eyes because I, I think Bam and Jimmy and are a little bit higher caliber players than any of the Pistons superstars. And I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit Chauncey, Rip, or any of that. I just think their success was more teamwork and the Heat's success is more individual.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the, the 2004 Pistons calling card, for those who don't know, but everyone knows, was just that they were a unit. Like, they were they were just the best unit we've probably ever seen. Like, maybe I, the Spurs dynasty and all that stuff. But Tim Duncan won MVP awards. David Robinson won MVP awards. You know what I mean? Tony yeah. Parker was on the front of the cover of video games. Like, they, they had that kind of, like, flair to them. And they have the best coach of all time. 2004 Pistons were literally just – a group full of dogs, defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace, that kind of thing, even though he couldn't do anything on offense. But I guess when you look at the Heat, their biggest thing is it's it's kind of the same vibe of, like, they just play as a team, and they have fun, and there's no pressure. They're, all, they're fun to watch. Yeah, and Spol- if you if – Spolster's if on a hell of a shot, job. Oh, Spolster's awesome. I, I, he's, he's come a long way since 2011 when, you know, the Heat fans wanted him fired couple weeks into LeBron's first year there It was weird. But the Heat, I guess, they, they're full of dogs. They they, they they don't give up. They stick in. Obviously, I think they had a 37-17 third quarter against the uh, Celtics in Game 3. That's just the kind of stuff that championship teams do. Not saying the Heat are going to win the championship, but, I mean, that's a good sign ahead. Because, like you kind of alluded to, Collins, I think the Celtics are better than the Heat. But the Heat just play differently, and they, they don't give up, and they're well coached. And all that – all the all the cliches you would say about a championship team, that he just have that. So whether or not that will translate to a bubble championship, I don't know. know Bam bio
2: important. with an unbelievable block to end the game, two, and yeah. At the end of game one, I mean, just absolute aff- – he's been so good in this bubble and it's been so good the whole year. I, I have a couple of friends that just rave about Bam and I love to just it. I'm like, oh, he's just a regular season guy. But, I mean, he's been – Probably the best defender in the NBA right now. I know I know Giannis won depoy, but I mean if you're putting on a neutral court right now, we already saw those two play each other. I think Bam is a bigger defensive like piece right now than Giannis is. And and last thing I want to say about the NBA, I have to bring it up, TB. Giannis wins the MVP. Yeah. How are you how are you coping?
1: Oh, I, I, I'm coping with it fine because I expected it all along, but I will say this. The NBA needs to stop making it. They either need to do a postseason awards and a regular season awards, or they just got a vote after the postseason. Because we judge stars based on how they perform in the postseason. Don't tell me that's not true. Giannis right now is under fire. He might leave, all because he's getting ripped for losing in the second round to a Heat team that was much worse than the Bucks were in the regular season. You just lost to the five seed as the number one overall seed in the entire league, and you, you just – You were bad in that series, too. Like, you were bad. So, I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, and people are all over it, and I get it. And LeBron obviously saying, I'm pissed off about the voting and stuff like that. Whatever. I don't think LeBron needs another MVP to validate anything. Like, I don't think anyone would argue that. But it's just kind of like he clearly was the MVP this year. Like, in the macro, like, given the bubble and everything. Because James Harden was the other finalist, and we see how that flamed out.
2: I'll say this. I will say, if we're talking about regular season success this season, Giannis should have won the award. Yes,
1: yes for and, sure.
2: And, that, and that's what the award's based on. So he deserved it. Anyone who's trying to like do the narrative, like LeBron, he's an older guy. He's probably had a couple MVPs that he should have gotten that he didn't get when he was younger. Let's give him one. I, I don't subscribe to that fact. But you're right, Trent. It's stupid they don't do it after the postseason.
1: Yeah. well, Because just...
2: uh, it, it's just dumb.
1: Oh, it is. It is dumb. And I, I agree with everything you said. It's like it, it. it is a regular season award. I understand that. What I, I guess what I'm saying is, and Giannis did deserve it for the regular season. But if, if it's, it either needs to shift to you vote maybe after the second round or just after the finals, even though maybe that would be a little, you know, skewed because whoever makes it to the finals or whatever. Yeah. But I see people getting mad about that concept because they're like, well, what if someone doesn't make the playoffs, but they have a great season? It's like, then they're not the MVP. If you don't make the the, playoffs, you can't win the MVP.
2: Bradley Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, people, please take a seat. Shut up. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I'm so done with it. If your team wins, like, 25 games, you shouldn't be third-team All-NBA. I'm sorry. Bradley Beal, shut your mouth. I'm sorry. I like you, too. You're a nice player. And, and, And I think you're funny on Twitter. But I cannot take the, like, oh, I'm getting disrespected. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry you're not a top 15 player if your team is winning. It is a borderline stinky team. Just stinky.
1: I mean, that's what the all-star game is for. That's for the guys who put up numbers, whatever. I don't think
2: Biel made the all-star game, too. Well, I don't think he did either.
1: But he didn't have kind of a stronger (laughs) second half. Well,
2: I I understand why these guys are so mad because a lot of their contracts and extensions and – Bonuses are predicated on these awards and stuff, so they won them. But, like, at the same time, give me a break, give me a break, Bradley. I'm so out. I know Devin Butcher had a really nice bubble. I'm so done with the whole Devin Butcher is a franchise player thing. Are you so, even after yes. they
1: went eight and in the bubble? You don't, think I don't
2: care. I don't care. No he, I, he's not, he's just not. I don't care what anyone says. I he's kind not of, not a franchise player.
1: I have been leaning I
2: that way. Cool. He's a cool player. Yeah, he can fill it up. Yeah, it's 73 and a loss, and it's a Celtics. Yeah, he doesn't play any defense. I mean, he is not a – I'm so done with it. We've seen it for the last – four. I know he's young, and it's like uh, this is who he's probably going to be for the majority of his career, a volume shooter who's efficient, but, like, he doesn't get anyone else involved. He's not a great defender. Like, I- I'm so sick and tired of the – everyone loves Devin Booker. I don't get it. He's fine. He's good. He's very good. But he's also a good player on a terrible
1: team. Well, let me give you a quick hypothetical. Do you think if he was kind of like the sixth man on a really good team? like No, James,
2: I, like, I'm not going, James that, James far. Well, I'm not going that far. Well, James Harden
1: kind of had that, and he got to be groomed a little bit. And then when James Harden decided to go to Houston after the, you know, Thunder erroneously did not pay him, he became a superstar. So, like, do you think Devin Booker could, like, do that same? Because he's about at the same point in his career James was when he left. Like, if no, it were I mean, that situation, do you think he would end up becoming a superstar?
2: Well, I mean, we've all – basically, the last, like, year and a half, it's basically been, like, we're waiting for the Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, and D'Angelo sure. Russell, like, pair up. And D'Angelo Russell's already in Minnesota, so I don't know if they have the money to get Booker eventually, but I think that's the whole plan.
1: Yeah.
2: I think Booker works, is the perfect two or three guy because okay. he not doesn't necessarily need the ball at times in his hands. He's a great catch-and-shoot guy, and he can go get his own. He's very clutch. I'm just – yeah, I'm, I'm just – he's very good. He's yeah. a top 30 player in the league. But don't miss me with, like, he's an all-star or, like, what. Like, if your team stinks, that should mean something. Like, you putting up empty numbers, that like, win over, f- like, 40 games for me one time, and then I'll be like, wow, this guy's really a stud. When, like, I, I'm yeah. tired of that. I hate that.
1: I agree. I agree. I think there's a little juice going into next season. And also, before we stop talking about NBA, because I know we've got other things to talk about, I want to bring up one stat about Kawhi Leonard. I want to harp on this. I want everyone to hear it before we move on. Kawhi Leonard in the series against the Denver Nuggets, the second round, mind you, shot 31% in the second half of all seven games. He averaged five points per game in the fourth quarters and shot 27% in those fourth quarters. Doc Rivers has now blown a 3-1 lead in every decade since becoming a head coach. I don't know what you do if you're the Clippers, but I just think it's hilarious that they ever thought they could beat the King, and I just want to say that. What is wrong? What is I wrong just – I, I have to – I have to get – I want my cake. Oh, my God. Was that was that I mean...
0: self-calculated? Did you have, like, the pen and paper out, like, doing that math, or?
1: No. I, I looked Nobody it up online. I, I, love... I do have a pen and paper out, but I looked that up online, so –
2: I love that you just ripped it out of like a five-star notebook. Like didn't even keep it yeah. in the notebook. You just said I need this on hand right now. Got oh, the prinkles. Didn't even didn't even get rid of the prinkles on the side. But I, I was was not ask you this Trent. Why does everyone hate the Clippers? I actually don't get it.
1: Because let me and I'm not I am going to be very clear about this. I am a Lakers supporter, I'm not a Lakers fan. I am a Pistons fan. I like LeBron James the Lakers are my 28th least favorite franchise or 28th favorite franchise. It it, it goes Bulls, Celtics, Lakers. Those are my three least favorite. Okay. Let me get that on the record. So don't say, you know, all these, why though? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Because listen, the Clippers came into this season, had no respect for the process of winning an NBA championship. They always banked <laughs> – listen, listen. What do you they al- mean? Because they always banked on the fact that, oh, we'll get it together at some point. We don't have to play all together. We're going to load manage. We're going to play less than 40 games together with our full unit, and we're only going to play nine games with Patrick Beverly, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Like, that stuff is outrageous to me. What the hell are you doing? If you want to win a well, championship – Well, it didn't work. You, obviously, that's what I don't like, and it's not good for the league. Them being like, oh yeah, we we can take all these games off and, and rest our starters and and just maybe get a three or four seed in the playoffs, but we'll turn it on. Like, how'd that work out for you? I don't not I, well. I
2: just, not well. So teams. But the Spurs did that. I mean, the Spurs were doing that for like ten, like for five years at that. But of Tim the Duncan's Spurs career. did it because
1: they had two proven MVP caliber players. Kawhi and Paul George have never won anything like that. This is what I'm saying. Like. Huh?
2: Wait, huh? And Duncan
1: and David Robinson. What are you MVPs. talking
2: about? Kawhi Leonard has three NBA titles and two Finals MVPs. Two, he hasn't two. done.
1: He's got two, and he has never won an MVP award. Paul George has never won an MVP award. He's not gonna. I'm not. I... Look, I don't want to. I don't want my take to Paul get. Paul George done. finished like number three in MVP last year. Good for him. I'm just he saying. Lost in the first round. No, I, I know. I know he
2: got hurt last year, though. I
1: just I'll, – I'll tell you the reason. And and you know what? The Clippers are kind of like the Detroit Lions of the NBA. Like, usually – I remember when they had Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, I liked the Clippers. I, I wanted them to do well. You know, you root for a, a franchise like that. But for them to just team up basically out of spite of what the Lakers were doing – with not the, out of
2: spite, I mean.
1: Yes, it right was. On. It was like the week after AD got traded. Paul George and Kawhi like, Okay,
2: yeah, what is out of spite getting good? What? Why would they not want to get good? Oh, no, I that,
1: get. I understand that. I guess what I'm trying to say is they didn't follow the right way. Say, you hate
2: the Clippers versus LeBron. Is that what you're
1: telling me? It's based. Uh, it's based on LeBron. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, it, I
2: just want that on the
0: record. Yes. Hank, do you like the Clippers? Well, I just want to listen there. What about the Miami Heat back in 06 or whatever?
1: Completely different. Completely different. How? That, because that was premeditated for seven years when those guys all got drafted. And Carmelo was actually supposed to do that as well. But and, and you know what? That team played together. There was no load management. There was no sitting out 25 games. They played together. They made it to a finals and lost. They had to figure out how to play together before they just flame out in the second round to Nikola Jokic and The Denver Nuggets, like, I, I just miss me with all this Clippers stuff, dude. It just it gets me going clearly. Well, I, I don't get it though.
2: What, like, hey, do you like the Clippers all year?
1: They were crowned as like the best team in the league and the best yeah, team, and, they league. Lost, and, and they they'll turn it on like, it, like ex- they are as they should. So, I'm, I'm giving it. Does that make me the bad guy? I'm just no, it
2: doesn't because it doesn't. to me,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm piling on, but I'm piling on what's obvious, in my opinion. Kawhi Leonard is not in the same stratosphere as, like, LeBron and KD and, and Steph when he's healthy, clearly. Five points in the fourth quarter is not going to do it for me, and especially zero points. What are the you talking about? Percent. How can you say that? You cannot say that, Trent. Because
2: it's a bubble? Yeah. Do and think- he's done it before. It's not like – this is this is an outlier. He's this done it before. an
1: outlier. Okay, Would but look he's
2: – Every single one of his playoff performances before this – and he succeeds.
1: With the greatest coach of all time, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and, and Tony Parker, and then the Raptors, who he literally won. made it just dude, as far dude, as he Kawhi. He won the
2: finals MVP. Year. He won the finals MVP. Good for on him.
1: Clay Thompson, Thompson and Kevin Durant were hurt. He wouldn't have been the best player on the floor if KD was healthy. We all I'm know that. I'm not
2: talking about that. You literally just said he won a title because Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. He was, a, he was the best player on the floor of that series.
1: No, he wasn't. Why did he win the MVP? Why you did he have, win the Finals MVP? Go look at that. He averaged like thirteen a game. You could have drawn a yeah, name out down, of a hat. You could have drawn the a gun. Spurs player out of a hat. Yeah, he 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 didn't shut down LeBron. He did a good job. He did a good job, and the Heat lost. And 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 LeBron did not look great. Come on, yeah, you can't
2: tell me he's not a top five player. Just don't say that. No, no,
1: he is top five. But to me, it goes. It's very clear. It goes LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry when he's healthy. And then maybe Kawhi and Harden and like all okay, those guys. Fine. It's sounds it
2: sound like you're like that guy's not even in the echelon. No, no, no. He's
1: just not. He's not in the conversation of for best player in the world anymore. He's Just not. Hey, hey do you like the Clippers? I I don't know I don't know anymore. I I don't know. <laughs>
2: i'm a, I, It's just me. It's the underdog. I love like teams that like kind of stink. Yeah, so I, I feel like I well, like that. Like, no, I like. I, reason, I agree. I like. New I, like I like
0: the Clippers as a franchise. I definitely <laughs> root for the Clippers, like as a whole. But I did. I, there's something about, you know, the convergence of like star players to like this, like all of a sudden, like oh yeah, we're gonna go to the Clippers. Like, I don't. I just don't like that. That maybe it's like a traditionalist to me. But like, I don't. I don't like the whole new narrative of we're all gonna get together at this city, you know, and stay for a couple of years and try to win a championship and then leave.
1: Well, yeah, it's like another thing, real quick. Then then we have to move on because you guys got me going. I literally talked about this for 20 minutes. You're sweating right now. You're yeah, I know, sweating. dude.
2: I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Pat,
1: Patrick Beverly needs to shut his mouth, okay? <laughs> Stop talking about <laughs> Cancun, dude. You stunk. You were unplayable in that Nugget Series. It, let's just tell it how it is.
2: Reggie Jackson, Hive. Reggie was
1: better than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pat
2: Bev. BetBev, I, he's literally – he is the definition of a player you hate to play against and love to have on your team because he yeah. – if you were playing against him or betting against him, you want him dead. Yeah. Like, you do. Like, not that, – that might be excessive, but, like, you, you're like, this guy stinks. I cannot stand this guy. Same but, with Marcus I, Morris. Dude, Marcus Morris was, like, bad. And he has been a pretty good NBA player for the last, like, three or four years. He was bad in this bubble. Him and Marc Gasol, bad. Marcus, I, I, I hate to bring Marc Gasol's name up here because this is random, but I bet on the Nuggets a couple times. I mean, I bet on the Raptors, excuse me, a couple times. Almost unplayable. And he is a former, like, all-NBA player. So,
1: yeah,
0: that's
2: cool. Well, him, especially... him and Jeremy Grant, too. So, I'm just naming bad players in the ball. But Jeremy Grant, <laughs> unplayable. The guy stinks. He cannot be on the floor for the
1: Nuggets. All right, tell us how you really feel. Good, know, good NBA talk. Good NBA. Yeah, talk.
2: good NBA talk. Let's talk about some NFL. Before we do the picks and go out through all the games this week, we got—we kind of hinted at it. We all talked about the Lions. I know, I know this is the yeah. Green and White report, and we talked about Michigan State sports and other stuff and more national stuff. But me and Trent are both diehard Lions fans. This is the Lansing, Mid-Michigan area. There's a lot of Lions fans. I need to hear Trent's spin zone. For all the Lions fans out there to tell them that they could win this week against the Packers.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's – I will say this. Green Bay's defense is not as good as Chicago's is, and the Lions were still able to have a 24-6 lead going into the fourth quarter. We know what happened from there because Mitchell Trubisky was throwing against Tony McRae and Daryl Roberts. I know, Collins, you think that's an asinine take, that that was the reason the Lions lost because you think it was more of an SOL type thing. I think it was. for me, it's just I have to mentally block out SOL because I'll, I'll start crying if I, if, I start, <laughs> if I start slapping that on every Lions game. But this Packers team, obviously, I mean, the Lions are overwhelming underdogs here. Here's what you got going for you. Jeff Okuda is going to play. It's going to be his first game. Whether or not you want to slap him on Devontae Adams – I don't know because you could kill his confidence very early, but that also could be your best chance to win looking at who the Lions have at corner. Justin Coleman's on IR. Des Troufant's not going to play. So you're kind of at the point where, like, you really have no other option than to slap Okuda on Adams, but I just don't know if that's the best choice moving forward. But Okuda also strikes me as the kind of guy, though, that his confidence won't really drop. But whatever. The Lions need to do three main things. They need to – Spread the wealth in the run game because on Johnson and DeAndre Swift only had a combined 10 carries against the Bears. Obviously, AP had it rolling, and, and whoever has it rolling, you have to keep feeding them, I understand. But it would just be nice to get those other two guys involved a little bit more. I think Swift actually took the most snaps, but a lot of it was, you know, weird, like, empty set stuff. He was just out there as a blocker, check down option, what have you, whatever. You've got to get a push up front. You just have to. I look at, like, Danny Shelton, Trey Flowers. Those guys have to have big games. You've got Jamie Collins back and whatever. And then as far as offense goes, you run the ball to establish a little honesty, but Stafford has to win you this game. I know we say that every week.
2: Yeah, it's Stafford like, kind of stunk last and Not great. He kind of stunked. Yeah, not great. And, 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 and I, not to interject, but I, I, I think this is what you're getting at, too. They need to throw the ball more on first down. Yeah. Last yeah. Uh, last week, no creativity on first down. Ter- like, uh, the first down play calling was horrible. And I think as an offensive coordinator, that is where you shine in first and second down. Like, like, Stafford on uh, third and ten every is just going to make some throws like that are going to get you and bail you out and get you first downs. But if you're able to throw to establish a run or establish a run to throw the football on first down then you're doing something right. And last week, they could not get any push on first down, especially in the first half. It just made no sense. I was like, open it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kenny Galladay not playing again, which is not good for this offense.
1: Well, of course not. I mean, he's your number one. I guess what I would look at at this point is, I mean, again, the Bears secondary is just kind of loaded, and the Packers isn't. They have talent, but it's not necessarily like, I'm not afraid of that as, as if I'm Matt Stafford. It's just like, Marvin Jones is probably going to get doubled again for much of the game. He's a very good receiver, but he's not the type of guy that can just like take a double and win it. Like it's yeah. just happen. He's probably going to have like five or less receptions. You're just going to have to live with that. So you turn to Quintez Cephas, who actually led the entire game in targets last week. Stafford likes him. He was him. good. Yeah, he was good. He looked very good, especially for, what was he, a fifth round pick? Like, Out of Wisconsin. Fourth that's round pick. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah, we all picked him. That was awesome. Like yeah. we all did that without knowing. But – uh, Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson, all those guys. Just Hawkinson get out looked out. good last week. This could be a huge scoring game. Like this could, this you game. It, so? it could be. It, I mean, it's, uh, if the Lions are going to win, it's going to have to be. I mean, this,
2: I. I think the. I think we're going to get into the pits. I, I'm not going to spoil my pick or whatever, and I don't know what the line is exactly. I'm not looking at it right now. But I think majority of people think the Packers are in a roll based on the fact they played very well. And the offense looked unreal in Minnesota and US Bank, and they're just gonna stroll in and just do the same thing. Is it in Lambo? Yes. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't like it one bit. I I mean, you're the one position you're hurting at the most is probably the position you need the most right now. <laughs> like they Corner. definitely need cornerbacks yeah, and sure. their secondary because I mean, he they're pushing the field. Like if yeah. you watch that game, like. Aaron Jones is a weapon too out of the back. The Packers look good, and yeah. I had some serious questions about them because I, I didn't really understand what they did in the draft. I don't think a lot of people did. Throwing quarterback, running back first two rounds. But, I mean, Rodgers lo- looked refreshed last weekend, maybe a little fire under the hiney, and he 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 was ready to roll. So, I, I if you're – as a, as a pessimistic Lions fan, like I am, I'm not the most positive Lions fan, I'll be honest. But once once twelve thirty hits, all that goes out the window. And I and I I'm the most positive Lions fan in the world. I don't know at twelve thirty this week I, I, I'm planning on singing four down the field because that's what I usually do to fire me at just, I I think this to be a bloodbath. I, I I think it could be Patrick's by three TDs or more. Because the lines are flat out banged up into secondary. Yes. And they're offense without Kenny Galladay. And, may, I mean, I don't know what they're doing with the running backs. like you said, Trent. First week was a little indecisive. I think Swift needs more touches. I just do. I, yeah. I understand he drops that ball at the end of the game. But he seems to be a dynamic player. And, like you said, AP had it going. So, you, you sit with the hot hand. But I think it's going to be carry on Swift, and then you sprinkle in AP one or two drives a game. I, I, I hope that's the way they go forward throughout the season.
1: Yeah, well, and, you know, I guess the bottom line is, as Lions fans, look, I, we can talk about this all we want. If Swift doesn't get touches and the Lions win by 14, obviously we'd love it. Yeah, who that. cares? So it's like we we who just cares? just get the win, man. That's it. I, I, Stafford's I going to be what? better, too. Stafford, he, he can and will. The, has to be better. He, he has to, and he, he will be. I guess one last thing I want to say about this game. Yes, it could be a bloodbath. I am with you. It's maybe 50-50 whether or not it is a bloodbath. But I also think the conversations on Monday morning nationally could be that the Packers looked really bad after a very – Nationally. Very you think very, they're
2: going to talk about the Lions nationally? They're not going to talk about They would about never the dream of it.
1: They're, they're going to talk about the Lions na- like, by association. They're going to talk about <laughs> how they're concerned with the Packers. But you know we might get the highlight reel might get sprinkled in there. We'll
2: see. But okay, stay okay.
1: tuned.
2: Let's move on to the pits, Hank. How'd we do last week?
1: <laughs> we got music. He's, He's trying to play the that? music
2: through. This. <laughs> Fire me up. <laughs> Good effort, Hank.
1: No, We're zooming. Hey, maybe I'll put it under.
2: Maybe I'll put it under this and post so we can yeah, fired bent. up. So hey. Let's act like we're boomer TJ right now. We're fired up, ready for this okay, okay.
0: NFL Sunday. <laughs> here we All go. Right, How
2: we do last week, Hank? All
0: right, the week one we missed a couple games on the dock, but Collins, you finished five seven and one. TB, you're at six six and one. So TB took week one. Wow, off to an early okay. start here.
1: Look, I, I I will say this: not a great week for either one of us. Obviously, both hover around five hundred. Yes, me, me at the definition of 500, at 6'6", six, six with a tie. So, whatever. Let's, let's, let's get into it.
0: All right, first game of the dock, We got Falcons going to the Cowboys, Cowboys lane four.
2: Ooh, I, I actually liked and was impressed when I saw the Cowboys and Rams last week. I thought that was a really well-played game, and the Cowboys just didn't get a break there on that Jalen Ramsey call. I like the Cowboys here because I I, I I even if they only scored like what 21 points I think this offense is pretty explosive so I, I, I like the Cowboys bid give me the uh, I, I like the four points
1: so um watching skip and Shannon undisputed every day I'm, oh, pretty, I'm pretty in tune with the Cowboys and what's going on there's quite a few injuries I think uh, I'm, I'm a little more worried about that than some Cowboys fans are. I think the Cowboys win but four point I mean they might win by a field goal and, and look. The Falcons, let's talk about this, or just bring it up real quick. Dan Quinn might be coaching for his job this week. Like, seriously, he has not been good the last two years. And if you start 0-2, I mean, people are already going to be calling for his job. Like, talking about a hot seat. So, I just think the Falcons at least perform better than they did last week. I don't know if it's good enough to get the win. But to cover the four, I'll take the Falcons. All
0: right, next game, we got the Bills laying six, traveling to play the Dolphins. Dude, I I bet the Finns last week, and
2: they broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart on that late interception by Fitzy and the end zone to cover. There's something about this Dolphins team that's really scrappy, and I really like Brian Flores as a coach. And the Bills last week, they were six-point favorites against the Jets. They blew them out. The Bills are just not a team that's just going to go out and blow out everybody. I'm taking the Dolphins. I might be a sucker for taking – Betting against the Bills two weeks in a row because I do think they're legit good, but the way their offense works, they're not that explosive. And I think they play in a lot more close games than they do blowouts. So I I like the Dolphins to cover the six points.
1: Okay. That's very good analysis there. These odds really get you because, I mean, if the Bills win by a touchdown, they cover. So I'm just going to stick with Buffalo. I I just don't think Miami football
2: number. It's not. A, it's the six and seven. They're football numbers.
1: Yes, they are for sure. And and I, I like Flores and I like everything you mentioned. But like until Tua gets in there, I'm just not confident the the Dolphins are really going to cover much this season as a whole.
2: Yeah. So I mean, Fitz Magic is a real thing. Like if he gets rolling, yeah. You, you never know. But like he's so on and off. It's hard to tell.
1: That that's fair. So I'm going to take the Bills. You've got the Dolphins. Sweet.
0: Next game, Panthers traveling down to Tampa Bay. Brady and the Bucks laying eight points. Ooh, I—I I mean, Tampa Bay did not look good
2: last week. Brady did not look good, but you could see the formula there. I think there's a no scenario that the Bucks lose this game outright. But like the Panthers aren't bad. I mean, eight oh. points in an NFL game—that makes you wonder if they just might know something. But I, I mean. I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. Like, Teddy Bridgewater didn't look bad in his first start. And, and Christian McCaffrey didn't really get going yet. So, I mean, run CMC could happen this week and, may, and make this a close game. I think the Bucs are going to win, like, for sure. But I, I, I'm 100% sure this is a close game.
1: So, I'm, I'm going to go the other way, even though I'm kind of 50-50 at it. But for the sake of the picks and the fun of the segment, I'm just going to take the Buccaneers. I am not a Tom Brady fan. I am not a Gronk fan. I don't like the Buccaneers. But I just think, you know, last they're playing the Saints, who are my pick to come out of the NFC. So I'm, I, I think the Saints made them look bad. And and I think they clean up some of those things. Bruce Arians publicly criticizing Tom Brady this week. A little outrageous. That was forever. weird. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. But I, I think the Bucs win by double digits. So I'll, I'll take okay. the Bucs.
2: It's a must win. If they start 0-2, that would be so funny.
1: Yeah, it really would. I don't know about
2: must Swim, but you know what I mean. It, like, yeah, it, not a great start.
1: Win. No, yes.
0: All right, bon- next game, Broncos going to play the Steelers. Steelers at minus seven.
2: I like Broncos' money line here. And, and I I don't even need the seven points. I think the Broncos didn't play very well week one. But, I mean, they blew that game. They blew that game against the Chargers. Not, not Chargers, uh, Titans on Monday night. Jerry Judy catches that pass, they probably win the game. Jerry Judy drops a couple big passes. I mean, I know Gustavsie missed like a million field goals, and that was kind of a gift. But, like, their defense is really solid, and I think they're going to play in a lot of close games. And I, I wasn't impressed what I saw in the Steelers on Monday night against the Giants. So get, get, give me the Denver Broncos.
1: All right, I agree with you. I think the Steelers and Colts are the two biggest Fool's Gold teams in the league this season. I don't think you should buy stock. I just don't think Big Ben is really that good anymore. They they beat a bad Giants team, and they really didn't look that dominant doing it. Um,
2: dude, Daniel Jones, all-time bad interception last Monday night. Really bad. Really bad. All-time bad. bad. This, like, literally the definition of, like, dude, just throw it away.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like Brady last Sunday as well. But, I mean yeah. – you, uh, you guys know I, I picked the Broncos as my as my sleeper team to maybe even, like, win their division. It, it, the segment was hot takes. The segment was hot takes. So, I thought maybe, you know, the Broncos, I, I like Drew Locke. They've got a really good defense still. If that wide res- receiver room figures it out, that's a good team. Uh, seven's a lot. I'd take the Broncos.
0: Okay. Next game, we got Rams traveling to Philly. Philly's favored minus one. Ooh. Uh...
2: Philly coming off a really bad loss, and it's Washington. Give me Philly, even though I really like the Rams this year. I really do. I think I, I think they're due for a bounce-back year. And I also want to mention this. The Rams just, like, signed another guy to do an extension. Where are they getting this money? I don't like, – how, like, how do they have it? I don't know where they're getting this money.
1: I think they got girly off the books, and they're feeling great about themselves. But whatever. I
2: yeah, Like, what? What is I, going on? I thought they were in, like, cap hell. I guess not.
1: As far as this game goes, I'm just going to – I mean, the Rams looked good against a solid Cowboys team. I mean, they beat them wire to wire. I'm just going to take the Rams. And it's a pick em. You know, it's a one-point one game. Philly yeah. can't protect Carson Wentz to save his or their lives, so I'm going to say Rams. Okay, next game, Hanks' favorite team, right? Here we
2: go. Vikings at Colts. Colts' favorite three. school bikes. Okay, so, what, Hanks, what do you think?
0: I told you my thing. I, the Vikings are going to have to score 40 points a game this year to win.
2: Well, they're not going to do that against the Colts, so give me the Colts minus three.
1: I think the Vikings are good. I'm going to take the Vikings by, I mean, at least seven. I don't. I I touched on it earlier. I don't. Oh, wow, so you
2: got Vikings money line?
1: Yeah, I'll just I'll take I'll take the Vikings money line. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover the three point spread.
2: Okay, there you go.
1: The the Colts are not good. Like you got just uh, this could make me look really bad. The Colts aren't good.
2: I don't think they're that bad. But if Trent says that the Vikings defense is that bad, I'm going to take the Colts. Does I, I mean, I, I'm following Hanks' analysis.
0: All right. Fair. That's the insider news right there for you. Yes. Um, next game, we got Giants traveling to Chicago. Bears' favorite, five and a half. Uh,
2: I feel like the Bears played horrible and won last week. Like, there was more about the Lions than it was the Bears. But I don't I, – I like the Bears to have a bounce back year this year. I've said that since the beginning. I, I like the Bears here. I, Giants, week one, I like Daniel Jones, I do. They cannot create any holes for Saquon Barkley, which is a huge problem.
1: Yeah, I think Saquon Barkley had, like, six six rushing yards in, in last Monday night's game. Whatever. Yeah, Giants, not good. I, I don't buy the Bears hype as much as Collins does, but I just think the Bears can at least win. They, they'll cover this for I'll take the Bears.
0: By the way, Saquon Barkley, first pick in one of my leagues, six yards, tough look.
1: That's tough. That is
0: very tough. tough. (laughs) 49ers' favorite, minus seven, traveling to play the Jets.
2: Uh, The Jets, I mean, they just absolutely stink. And that was like one of my hot takes that I thought the Jets were going to be good. I'm starting to lose faith in Sam Darnold. I know he doesn't have like anyone to protect him, or doesn't have like any weapons. Starting losing faith because they're just showing me nothing. I made a prediction that the Jets are going to be good this year, and I'm sticking with it. I'm saying the Jets will cover seven points. Seven at home is a lot. That might be a body clock game. I don't know when that starts, but if it's a one o'clock kickoff, I actually do like the Jets to cover seven. 49ers win, obviously.
1: All right, forty nine 49ers coming off an 0 and one uh start, you know, to the Cardinals. Ooh, that game against the Cardinals. So I mean, talk about a little Super Bowl hangover, whatever. This has blowout written all over it in my opinion. Le'Veon Bell going on the COVID IR, uh means he can come back in three weeks, I believe. So I i wait, he got COVID? I didn't know that. No, no, no. He doesn't have COVID, but it's like the it's the it's the modified IR. You you're only Oh on, okay. You're only on it for three weeks instead of like eight or whatever it was. But um, Gotcha. Yeah, so I, I, Le'Veon, no Le'Veon. He's literally the only skill position player that uh, gets, you know, nation nationwide respect. So I'm just going to say 49ers win huge. I love this line.
0: Next game, Jaguars traveling to play the Titans. Titans favored seven and a half.
2: Jaguars p- plus seven and a half. Love it. I'm not even going to talk about it. I love Gardner. I think they're a scrappy team. I don't know how many games they win, but I. everyone's talking about they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Minshew is – I mean, he – had two incompletions incompletions last week. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard to take the ball out of this guy's hands. He's been really good.
1: Yeah, so coming into the year, the Jaguars were kind of the consensus worst team in football. They looked good last week, and the way the Titans play with Derrick Henry pounding the rock a lot, I just don't think if they win, it's not going to be by eight points. So, yeah, I'll take the Jags.
0: Uh, the one and zero Washington football team traveling to play the Cardinals. Cardinals favored minus seven. Um, I want to
2: take the uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Even though I, I mean, you got to be impressed what the I mean Ron Rivera and his staff's done. I mean that was a great win last week. For uh, I mean that 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 will set the tone for a new regime, especially for a guy who is doing cancer treatment at halftime of his own game. Like, Ron Rivera, I love Ron Rivera. Tough guy. Really, really aggressive coach. But I, I just think the Cardinals' offense is too much.
1: Yeah, Cardinals just have more firepower. I'll pick them to cover.
0: Next game, we got the Ravens favored 7.5, traveling to play the Texans. Uh,
2: uh, I think the Texans cover here. Ravens looked good week one. Absolutely murdered the Browns. I just think Deshaun and their offense sits the door a little bit. I, I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan, but I, I think that seven and a half is a little bit too much for a team that's coming off a pretty – that had 12 days to prepare, too.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those lines that just gets you because, you know, I, I could easily see the Ravens winning by a touchdown, but that is not covering the spread. So, I this is one of those matchups, though. Deshaun Watson kind of takes it upon himself to outperform Lamar. I don't know if he will or not but i think they both have big games it's a it's one of those classic games you know a one score game so i'll i'll pick the texans to cover as well
0: i'm assuming that's probably the game of the week too i'm not sure but
1: it's it's it, it might be looking or, at the or, lineup here yeah yeah
0: next game chiefs favored 9 traveling to play the chargers
2: chiefs i don't even need to have analysis they're just about team to team the lead i think they do chiefs
1: yeah chiefs i'll take them not, not enough needs to be said. Uh, Pat Mahomes, big game. Chargers, not that great. Uh, young quarterback. Actually, uh, Tyron Taylor's starting, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he was a bad week one.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. It Still doesn't, doesn't change my pick. Chiefs cover. All right, Sunday
0: night game. We got the Patriots traveling to play the Seahawks. Seahawks favored, minus four.
2: Uh, um, you know what? I like the Patriots. Money line.
1: Yeah, I like the Patriots too. Um, I I just, whatever. Cam Newton, I think, had a really good week one. People are kind of pumping the brakes on it a little bit because it was against a bad Dolphins team. But uh, Seahawks, the Seahawks are such a solid roster. I mean, especially they added Jamal Adams too and and Pete Carroll's great, but Pete Pete Carroll might beat the Seahawks. Like he might beat himself this week because he just likes to run the ball so much when you got Russell Wilson, who's exceptional. But uh, I just I, – I like Bill Belichick to at least lose by a field goal in this situation. I'll, I'll take the Patriots. Monday night game, Saints
0: favorite five and a half, traveling to play the Raiders.
2: Raiders money line. Love the Raiders in this spot. I'm a John Gruden guy, always have been. Loved him when he's on Monday night football.
1: Give me the Raiders. Okay, I am not a John Gruden guy. Uh, new Orleans trounces Vegas. I think it's a 14-point <laughs> game.
2: Oh, new stadium opening, too. That's a fact.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Raiders win money line. Come on.
1: Okay, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the Saints by fourteen.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, last one on the dock here. Your Lions playing the Packers at Lambeau. Green Bay favor, six and a half.
2: Dude, give me the Packers by like a million. I'm sorry, I ha- I have to do it. I I. I bet on the Lions last week. I, I might have not said that on the podcast or any of the things I said. I might have took the Bears while we were doing the show. But in real life, I put dollars on the Lions, and they ripped my heart into five million pieces. So I can't do it again this week. I'm not going to believe until they show me something in the first quarter or something, give me the Packers, because I, I, I can't do it anymore. I just can't. I, I, I can't do this. It's just – it. it it's so dejecting, I can't handle it. I can't, I can't buy in. I just can't buy in right now. I just okay. can't. My heart won't let me.
1: I'm not going to blame you. I don't think any other Lions fans are going to blame you either, especially we already talked about the injuries. It's just a weird matchup this week for Detroit. But I always pick with my heart over my head. One pride, Lions cover. They win by – uh, they, they either got to lose by less than seven or win. I like it. I just do. I like Stafford this week. I don't. I don't. I don't. (laughs) I like Patricia this week. I like Bevel this week. I just like it. I like it. It's set up. I think this is a game where, you know, last year when you had the Monday night flag Trey Flowers fiasco against the Packers, that team came out flat the next week against the Vikes. I think this year you have a little bit of a different regime, uh, you know, with Unlin at D.C., New, uh, you know, you got a whole new offense. Uh, everything. I just like the Lions to bounce back and respond better this week than at any point last year. So I'll, will pick the Lions in this one. I just have to. Uh,
2: no, another good edition of the picks. Another good episode of the Green White Report. I, I mean,
1: yeah, good work, fellas.
2: Good work. I'm sorry, guys. I'm ending on a, just a down note, but the Lions just make me sad. They, hey, they get just, fired uh, up! Get fired up! They just they made me sad just talking about them. I'm sorry sorry. I hope they win today. Hope they win today. And hope everyone has a beautiful Sunday, enjoys their day, finishes their homework, watches football. Nothing worse than doing a homework on a football Sunday, which I will be doing today. So pray for me. Uh, not, not not to be a selfish person, but I am. But uh, for Ryan Collins, Trent Bally, Henry Menegos, great job today by Hank on the producing note. Just absolutely yeah. killing it.
1: Yep. Yep, I'm excited for when Hank actually gets, you know, the real gadgets to work with yes. and for actually doing, like, drops and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It's going to be phenomenal.
2: I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a former producer, so I will be getting on Hank if he's not showing up <laughs> every week. So, I mean, I'll have a grade at the end of every episode
1: for his performance. All right, Hank, pressure's on. Man, also,
2: no. Hank, this is Hank's flu game. I, like, I'm not kidding. It is so distracting looking at Hank's Zoom, and it's literally <laughs> just a black room. You can't yeah, even see his the uh, it's just the outline of his face. Yeah, he cannot plus, you know, be doing all right. He cannot be doing fine if that he's if he's just sitting in a dark room for so let more me tell than you, an hour.
0: The pizza guy came, and I was the only one that ate the pizza, and whatever the rest of the story is. What pizza did you get? i just I'm doing the MJ story. You didn't catch that at all. Yeah, I, just, oh, I, no.
1: I, I was I was yeah. following that, and I don't think Collins followed it at all. I but. didn't follow that at all. Yeah, I didn't follow <laughs>
2: that joke up that well. Sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, good joke. I tip my hat. That was pretty you good. You know what?
2: You tried. Great episode today by Hank. But for all of us here at the Green and White Report, we'll see you guys next week.
1: You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org slash sports.